Hello, and welcome to another episode of Passion for Passions. I'm your host, Marcus, and I love passions. So uh, this week, we are going to be covering episodes 282 to... Sorry, I've got my notes here that I've got to refer to because I don't remember. 282 to 292. Ten episodes. And for me, often it feels like so much is happening in passions, but upon reflection, it's kind of like nothing is happening in passions. Uh, because, you know, plots are dragged on for a million years, but that's how soap operas work, isn't it? So yeah, there was a lot of things that could have happened, uh, but haven't happened yet. Again, they just keep dragging along, teasing, teasing, teasing. It is addictive. (laughs) So yes, um, that's kind of why there's such a long span, because it's like, I'm waiting for these things to come to a head, and they kind of do, but then they they fizzle out, or something happens. So there are a lot of plot points going on, though, between these episodes, kind of starting early on in the episodes 282 and such. We've got, of course, Ethan and Teresa's whole business continuing, where what happens? We just keep having Ethan and Teresa together. Love or not, we don't know. Well, we know from Teresa's perspective, but it just it just doesn't stop, you know? Um, like... And this, it's kind of like, because it, it just, it just, I can't even speak through this because it's just unbelievable how the writers are able to keep pushing and pushing this thing and making it grow so hard. Because um, in this episode, it's all, I guess it would be a very dramatic thing um, where you, where you see that Sheridan has shot at um, the assailant, but also potentially Luis. We see them both laying down and we're like, oh my God. But fortunately, she's a really good shot with her tiny gun. And she shot the bad guy, and she saved Louise. So that's great. Um, she has saved his life. And because of that, you know, a lot of things start happening because of this death. Um, for one, it, we've got Sheridan, who now sees a dead body under the blanket with blood. And what does this remind her of? Of course, her past. Her secret. Um, and so she, you know, is tripping out now because of that. Um, and kind of, I think this goes over to the next couple of episodes, but she ends up like falling, going to bed, but then like dream sleepwalking back to the crane mansion, back to the living room where all her nightmares are from and is basically kind of confessing that she's murdered before to, uh, Teresa who ends up there as well. Teresa is there because she um, heard about this this accident, or not an accident, she heard about this drama. It's like, I gotta tell Ethan, Sheridan was almost killed, even though Luis was almost killed too. Like, she could have told her mom, but she goes to the Crane Mansion uh, to tell Ethan. I think she does see Ethan at this point, um, and they're like, I can't remember exactly. They're just kind of like, you know, no, we can't be together even though I want to, type of thing, almost. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, a bit mixed up as to what happened in what sequence, but it's not a big deal, right? It's just a summary. Um, the thing when Teresa goes up into his room, uh, he kind of wakes up in his dream about Teresa, and he's like, oh, I don't remember what he says exactly, but he's like, I love you, and he kisses her, and she's like, this is me, it's Teresa. And he's like, yes, I know, you were right. And I'm like, what? Uh, but apparently that really happened. It wasn't a dream again. Anyway, or maybe that was the dream. I don't remember. But there was like one sequence where he does it for real before he's like, wait, Noah, no, that's wrong. Um, So, yeah, I don't even know 
what was happening there. But either way, at some point, Teresa is downstairs, Sheridan is downstairs, almost basically confessing that she killed before. But uh, Luis comes by the Crane Mansion. And um, I think it's because Ethan is going there because he hears like, oh no, she saw the body under the blanket. <laughs> Um, and knows that she's going to be having a traumatic moment. Um, Teresa just kind of hides outside um, so that Luis doesn't see her. And um, I think Hank is there too. But anyway, Luis is badgering the hell out of the sleepwalking Sheridan. I don't know why. Like, does he realize that she's not awake? Does he realize she's not going to respond? And also that she seems like she's having an episode of some sort. So, like, really? This is not the time? Um, but anyway... Eventually, poor Ethan gets so pissed off. He, like, pushes over a vase probably worth millions of dollars. And then Sheridan wakes up. And he takes her away. So, fine. Good with me. Um, so, that's one thing that's going on there. And uh, I'm like, I get it. There is a really sad and kind of impactful moment for me where Simone and Whitney are talking to each other. And Simone kind of reveals, you know, I've been so sad, like, or not sad, but I just always felt like I was the second fiddle to you. Like, Dad loves you more. You're the star tennis player. Um, I'm not as pretty as you. I'm not as popular as you, blah, blah, blah. But now, you know, because of Chad, I know that someone likes me more than you. They chose me for once. And I'm like, that's so sad because we, the viewer, know Chad does not like her. He likes Whitney. And how hurtful that would be for her when she finds out. Because as we see, Simone is always feeling like she's second place. And she's going to continue to feel that way. And that is so sad. That is so sad. But what are they going to do? Um, what are they going to do in this plot line? Because Chad knows who he loves. And he doesn't want to lie. But I wonder if like Whitney would make him lie. Because she knows how sad Simone is, would be. I, I, I really have to wonder... If that's what's going to happen, she's going to say, like, please just pretend to like her for a while. But I don't know, would that not hurt more? I don't know what's going to happen in that storyline. Or is Chad just going to die? Because he's just laying here in this bed and not in the hospital. I mean, it doesn't seem to be terrible anymore, but still, I don't know what's going to happen there. I, is he going to die? Is Chad going to die? Someone, someone don't tell me, but I want to know if he's going to die. Because um, he certainly could with a, a big, bad injury. Um, yeah, because I could see... There are, like, little things that I know about about this show. I know that there's a hurricane at some point, maybe twice. Um, I don't know if the, the cruise ship thing would count as a hurricane. but um, And I know... And this may be a spoiler for somebody if they're also watching Brand New, so maybe don't listen to what I'm about to say right now. I also know that somebody is brought back to life at some point. Like, a zombie? Um, so I have to wonder, is that going to be Chad? Is that going to be Miguel? I have to assume it'd be one of the teens rather than an adult, but I don't know. I just heard that before. So I'm very curious if that is a legitimate thing, like, who, what is going to happen? And I'm going to freaking die if that happens anytime soon and that's real. Um, but anyway, okay, spoiler over. Again, like, I don't have any context. I just heard that once. So I'm very intrigued. Anyway, let's see what else has been going on here. Oh yeah, you know, the whole thing where um, there was the mushrooms. I'm picking mushrooms for to destroy goodness. 
Um, the food is finally given to Miguel. We also saw like a brief moment where Kay was like looking at them fiendishly. I was like, oh, what the hell is Kay going to do to ruin this? Um, so what she ends up doing is, okay, Miguel eats some of the quiche and he immediately starts coughing and like choking. Um, and then he's like, oh, it's so salty. Um, I guess Kay threw a bunch of salt on it. Um, but also, also, the quiche that was meant for Miguel was given to Tabitha. So she was just picking out eating it outside with uh, Timmy. But of course, that's the poison one. So as soon as they realize that, like, oh god, and kind of like, she starts eating grass to neutralize the poison. Everyone goes outside and sees her. And she's like, <laughs> oops, I'm so embarrassed. I was like eating flowers. <laughs> um, so that, and, they, and like Kay or something like laughs. Like, what was that about? And I'm like, yeah, what was that about? That is so freaking weird. Your neighbor is so freaking weird. <laughs> but again, Miguel lives to see another day. Don't leave your quiches alone when there's two duplicate quiches in the kitchen. If you want to kill someone, that's the... the storyline there so yeah um i think that's funny okay let's see what else is going on we've got throughout the episodes pilar selling ivy to burn the ethan papers that are in the attache case she's like no i can't do it um so pilar's just like fine um of course this is meaningful it will be meaningful later but whatever because, you know, a couple episodes later, I think, uh, at some point, Teresa comes over, puts her purse down, and Julian, who knows to be searching for the attache case, um, just steals Teresa's keys from her, her uh, purse. She's left unattended. And uh, goes over to the Lopez Fitzgerald house and breaks in, effectively, to steal the attache case. He finds it. Um, amazingly. And takes it back home to the Crane Mansion. Oh, there was something in here that that was funny to me because I wasn't expecting it. Where Teresa comes into Ethan's bedroom, she's seducing him, and he's like, okay, immediately. Um, but then it's quickly revealed it was just a dream, and I'm like, oh, duh. Duh, they can't keep doing this. Duh. And that one is funny because, um, he's saying in his sleep, like, I can't love you. And Gwen is like, oh my god, what are you talking about? Um, and Ethan just explains, like, I'm having really hardcore wedding jitters. And, you know, despite everything else, it seems like Gwen is okay with that. She's like, oh, that's okay. I understand. Everyone does. She doesn't seem to be having them, though. Um, but fine. Chad, who has been asleep and sleep-talking and sleep-kissing Simone, uh, wakes up. And, uh, you know, the, the girls were mainly Kay's, like, trying to say, hey, you know, you, you, you were saying that you love some girl. Like, who was that girl that you were talking about? You kissed her, too. <laughs> and Kay is just stupid and annoying. Um, even though this is the new Kay, she doesn't have that bite that the old Kay had. She doesn't come across as truly cruel or manipulative. She's just, like, annoying, like, an annoying, boring bitch. And I'm just like, at some point in these episodes when she's being so annoying in a way that's just like unbelievable and in a way that's not enjoyable like the old K was, I'm just like, go home, new K. Why are you even here? Go back to your house. What the hell? How long have you been here? Um, 
because she doesn't live with them. She lives at the Bennett household. Like, what is she doing here? Also, again, where is her sister? Um, haven't seen her again for a million episodes. Is she going to come back and be a different actress again? Jessica? Well, I didn't really like the middle, the second Jessica, so I guess it's fine if there's another new one. I really love the first Jessica. She reminded me of my sister so much. I really loved her. Um, but whatever. New K, boring. I have heard, though, from Passion's podcast that this K doesn't last a very long time, so that's good to hear. I would like to see a good K again. Um, sometimes I wonder, like, in this type of thing, are they actually, did they actually hire the new K, like, for a long-term thing, or did they just hire her until, like, get a new real actor in? I don't know. I'm just curious how that works. Because even so, they got, like, a girl that looks very, not, like, facially, but in body type, to me, seemed very similar to the original K. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And she has, like, the same voice somehow. It's very creepy to me. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can play your voice however you want sometimes, but very creepy to me. Anyway, that's kind of my tangent. Um, what was I even talking about? Oh, Chad woke up and he was being annoying. That's where I got there. <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't reveal who he loves because as he's about to, he can't because Eve comes in and is, like, talking. And she's like, makes everyone leave. So fine. Some point Ethan comes over because he's like, oh, he heard about he heard about Chad. So he comes over and um, they talk man to man and uh, Chad reveals that he, you know, he kissed Simone somehow. The two of them decide they're going to make a pact to basically be truthful to the women in their lives. So Chad is going to reveal that he doesn't love Simone. He loves Whitney. And on Ethan's end, he needs to reveal. He doesn't say exactly what he needs to reveal, but he needs to be honest with both Gwen and Teresa, basically. Um, and at minimum, that means what? He has to tell Gwen that he kissed Teresa. Absolutely. At minimum, he has to tell her that he's kissed her a couple times. <laughs> um, yes. While they're talking, Kay hears that um, Chad says he doesn't love Simone. She's like, oh, no. But Simone needs to be loved by Chad, so she'll keep helping me get Miguel. I don't know I'm talking like that. That's not her voice at all. Um, but yeah. Fine. Um, we get over to when Julian goes back to the Crane Mansion and is like gloating to himself that he has the attache case. He also has that freaking Luis mask still. Like, what the hell? I wonder if that's ever going to like be found by Sheridan or if it's just there for Julian to goof around with for a little bit longer before it, it never shows up again. Because it's been so long. Like, would she even remember like or have a realization as what that mask meant? There's a part where Ethan is in the room with both Gwen and Teresa, and he's like, I gotta be honest. And Gwen's like, oh, you just got cold feet. And Ethan's like, no, it's more than that. At which, pace, at which point I gasped. I'm like, oh, is he really gonna be honest right now? Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, Ivy sees Julian with her attache case, and I'm just gonna call that forever because it's so funny. Attache case. Can't say anything else. No other name. Um, and she's like, you know, she screams and passes out. And because of that, what ends up happening next is a couple of things. For one, Gwen had just received a wedding present from the Clintons. Bill and Hillary Clinton? Fine. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's the assumption there. Because uh, she says, like, it's from the president. And then later she says it's from the Clintons. So, all right. Um... 
Um, yeah, but it was like these lovebirds, and um, because of the scream, she freaks out and breaks them immediately. And of course, it's Ivy screaming, so um, Ethan is very scared and goes to find her immediately, rushes for her. And um, it's really funny because when she breaks the lovebirds, then she reads the note from the Clintons, and they're like, please enjoy these lovebirds. Everything will be great as long as they don't break. As long as they don't break. Um, so it's like fate again. This is not the first time something fateful has happened like that. I think Gwen also broke a mirror, which is like, what, seven years of bad luck or something? Whatever. Anyway, I found it very funny. Gwen got nervous, you know, what could she do? Um, and we open up on other episodes where like Tabitha and Timmy are laying on their bed. Because, oh yeah, they were poisoned. They're not dead, though. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got that happening. Um, while Ivy's like coming to from being unconscious, she's barting out, uh, Ethan is Sam's son. You can't find out that Ethan is Sam's son. Just saying this out loud, like everybody always does. They're always saying the like most dramatic things that they should not be uttering publicly out loud. Um... It seems like at a point, Ethan kind of walks up with a cup of water while she's still saying this, and he gives a face like he hears it, but that's never addressed, so I guess he didn't hear it, um, because of course not. He doesn't, like, reflect on it at all, so I don't think he heard. Um, and Julian is, like, trying to break the thing open. He's trying. To, he's not trying to break it yet. He's just trying to look through the combinations, but he's like, why? Just break it open. So he tries, and he's like, no, he's getting the wrong numbers. Um, his dad calls up. Alistair calls up. And I want to know, how does he know that Ivy fainted, like, seconds after it happened? And how does he know that Julian is actively prying open this case? Like, it, initially, when he says he heard these things, I thought, like, he had, like, maybe people in the building who like maids who refer information to him and maybe he does but also maybe he just has like video cameras because he is like actively like seeing scene by scene moment by moment seconds after seconds apparently and apparently has nothing to do aside from know this information i guess he doesn't have his own job uh, because he could just like follow them forever anyway so that's going on he still hasn't opened that attache case yet um, and then we kind of get back to Grace, who is remembering the whole angel thing, um, for some reason, and, um, she's like, evil killed my sister, and he, evil sunk the prom boat, <laughs> and Eve is like, oh my god, we're back to this again, I thought we were over this, um, and just saying, this is your subconscious, it's not a real angel, it's just your subconscious telling you things, okay, and it's fine, don't worry about it, <laughs> um, we got a fun moment where, because uh, Miguel gave a charity, his grandmother's, like, cross necklace, and they realize, they think that, oh, the reason Tabitha's, like, keeps looking at it, because she, she wants to wear it. They're like, okay, Tabitha does not want to wear it. She doesn't want to touch this holy symbol. It touches her hand. It, like, burns into her hand until um, she, like, dunks her hand in a thing of lemonade, and then it falls in there. She's like, okay. Um, of course, uh, Tabitha wants the necklace off so she can put the other pendant back on, which makes charity evil. Evil. So yeah, that's going on. Um, and we've got like kind of these things that seem to be coming to a head where Sheridan is finally realizing she's ready to tell Louis, Louise her past and about her nightmare. 
Um, he, but okay, while this is all happening, Ethan, who is ready to be honest, hears from his mother that she really desires his marriage. She she wants them to get married, Ivy and Ethan, because they're so much in love, and she just wants her son to be happy. And so what Ethan takes from this is not the part where she says, I just want you to be happy and marry the woman you love. What he takes from this is, I want you to marry Gwen. And technically that's two separate things because she doesn't say them together either. Um, and it's, I'm sure that's intentional by the writers. But what she's really saying is, you know, you're my son and I want you to be happy and I want you to be married to somebody that you love. That doesn't have to be Gwen though. The person, she doesn't know that Gwen, I mean, that Ethan has problems right now. So of course she's going to say, I'm so happy for you and Gwen. I'm so happy you get to marry the woman you love. Because from her perspective, Ethan desperately loves Gwen. But if we're being honest, and if we're being very honest about Ivy and her past, she would be upset to some degree if Ethan married Gwen. But I don't think she, just in theory would be upset if he revealed that he actually loved Teresa. That she probably would be upset in some degree because it's kind of like, you know, she's not been allowed to know any of this information and it's just going to be suddenly on her when it's at the point where he loves her. But she knows about kind of going for your heart rather than going for business. And I think she would be okay in the end, ultimately, with Ethan loving Teresa. Now, obviously... Alistair would not, <laughs> Julian would not, but I think Ivy would be okay with that. Um, but of course, Ethan doesn't take that message from it. He just takes, oh, my mom wants me to marry Gwen. So he can no longer be honest anymore. Not, Which, again, bad sign. You're going to marry someone. Be honest with them. Even if you can't say, even if you're like, okay, well, I actually love her, but I'm going to marry you. Obviously, you won't say that part. Um, but Ethan could still say, I'm so sorry, Gwen, but for some reason I kissed Teresa. Um, and I'm sorry, but that doesn't matter. I'm still going to marry you. He could still do that. We should be like a half-truth, <laughs> I guess, um, if you have to lie. But, yeah, so that's what happens. I'm like, God damn it, Ivy. He, he was going to be honest. He was going to tell, um, which sucks. But an interesting thing pops up here when... when um, before he comes back and says that, um, Teresa and Gwen are talking, and Gwen is basically saying that when she gets married to Ethan, she's going to like basically rule society because she'll be kind of this super-powered woman. And Teresa's kind of taken aback, like, whoa, don't you love Ethan? Are you marrying for love? She's like, of course, but it's just another great perk of being married to a crane. Um, so that's kind of where you see, mm, maybe she's not totally you know, fully, you know, deserving. And maybe that's a reason for her to be blindsided. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. But yeah, it's like, oh God, fine. So yeah, there's the whole, there's the whole things that I've been piling up. There's the attache case being opened, which reveals Ivy's secrets. There's Sheridan's past finally being revealed to Luis because Sheridan has already been questioning continuously. Um, like, is, is, um, is my memory related somehow to Luis's father's death or disappearance? Um, the Chad Whitney thing, will they finally reveal their feelings for each other? And Ethan's confession, which we already know is going to be blind, is going to be thrown off. 
So Ethan lies. He basically is just like, oh, mm, I did it. You know, it's fine. I'm fine. Um, he doesn't even say anything after he left with this like dramatic thing, like what I say is gonna change the course of both of our, all of our lives. Um, and it's funny though because Teresa's like, that's obviously not what you were going to say because you said that it's gonna change all of our. You know, this is gonna be more than that. Um, and so yeah, I, I'm gonna tell Gwen to throw the. A wedding bouquet at you so you'll be lucky you get married next which again it's not life shattering and changing <sighs> but whatever um as sheridan is about to come clean about her nightmares ethan comes in and interrupts her to be like no you can't tell anybody you can't tell a cop especially and uh while join is ready to open the case uh, because Sam is still there, they all come into the room and are like, you know, technically something illegal is happening. You stole that attache case. And Julian tries to retort with like, well, it's my wife's and we're married, so it's like both our property. Until they reveal like, you snuck into Pilar's house and stole it. So maybe he's going to be arrested. But of course, Pilar will not press charges, so he's not going to be arrested. So, um, Whatever. But they finally open it, and I think that episode, that episode ends where Julian's like, what the hell is this? Um, where you're very dramatic, like, oh no, he saw the papers. I think somewhere around this point in these last couple of episodes, I realized in my mind that Pilar must have taken the papers out already. And turns out she did. The only papers in there are, like, her financial papers. And she's like, yeah, I need somewhere to put my secret papers, and Ivy gave it to me, um which is a good way to kind of get around it for the moment, even though it's obvious that that's not what was in there before because they've been saying and Julian overheard that if anyone finds papers in my cat's shake case, then we'll be ruined. Um, so yeah, but I think it's a funny kind of flip reveal. I knew that was going to happen at some point, but I'm glad that Pilar thought things through and was not just blithely following Ivy because Ivy is very uh, not a good person to listen to in some occasions. Um, Eve and Grace are hanging out. Um, and at some point Grace says, is there something I'm missing? Because she wants to know why everyone hates Ivy and the cranes. And to me, my response to, is she missing something? You're missing so much, Grace. You are the character who knows, like, the least in this entire show. You know nothing of what is going on. As Eve is so commonly saying, you're an innocent in all this. Like, literally, she knows nothing. Um, and I'm like, yes, Grace, you're missing everything. <laughs> um, and at some point, I think Grace goes back in her room, and she sees the angel again, who's very vague and unhelpful, um, basically warning her that evil is afoot, and she needs to watch out for people close to her. And if she doesn't, then something terrible will happen to everybody she loves. And this angel is so vague. She can The angel can tell Grace there is a desperate danger to all those close to you and that there is someone close to you who is going to be a problem, but she cannot say anything more. I don't know, whatever. She even does say more. She's like, watch out for your husband or something along those lines. Um, and that's pretty close. That's like important. But anyway, the angel does nothing. Grace is like, fine. <laughs> um, Grace is just like renewed to fight evil, I suppose. Um, even after the moment where Ethan came by and tried to tell Sheridan to stop 
not saying anything. Sharon is like, Sheridan is still like, she wants to tell Luis her dream. And I'm glad. Um, but, you know, she wants to, but she's very afraid. And then for some reason, Hank starts being like, are you sure you want to talk about this? Are you sure? I'm like, shut up, Hank. Why are you even here? Go away. Get out of here. Nobody likes you. Get out. Um, well, I guess Luis likes him, but whatever. Um, so that's one thing. And we've got Cherry who's got the necklace on again. And um, because of what happened earlier, Charity's like, let's bring, I'll bring uh, Tabitha some lemonade. And that's just a pretext for evil Cherry to come over to Tabitha's house and be like, I'm going to kill Miguel tonight, but before that, I'm going to kill you. Um, so she's just like throwing lightning out of her hands and uh, just for fun, kind of. She's not really seeming to try to hit, just trying to be scary. Um, at some point, Miguel comes over because she's like, she's been there for a long time. Um, and she's just like, very strangely like hey hey i gave her lemonade but i dropped it um so Miguel's like oh i'll get some more then she's like sure i'll stay here with tabitha <laughs> evil face um so whatever um that's just amusing i love i love evil charity she is great it is so much more fun than her base level like blank slate sweet girl act i love evil charity or i love the dichotomy the vast difference between them i guess um so yeah louise and sheridan because of hank's bequest they end up going outside to do something else first before they reveal their deep dark secrets um amusingly randomly there's a guy on roller skates who's like going too fast and slams into them and makes louise fall on top of sheridan of course dramatic romance so whatever um Kind of for no reason. Um, there's like a war brewing between Sam and Ethan. I guess it's not no reason. Ethan is very mad because of how the Harmony PD has handled Sheridan's case. How Sheridan was almost killed um, by a hitman because they're so incompetent. Um, and Ethan wants basically Sam removed from his position. And Sam's like, no, I'm a good cop and I'm not gonna like bow to you and the cranes just because you're rich and famous um like i don't know why sam is so uptight about that like i understand obviously don't don't fall for these acts don't you know become a corrupt cop but dude chill out if you want to keep your job chill out and just pretend you are gonna help them i don't know um stop being so angry all the time everyone um, Ivy comes by and is like tries the, to calm both down, but it's still like yes, there's a war brewing between these two, and Ethan is being very Julian, very 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 Julian. It's just weird because it feels like until kind of more recently, um, he usually isn't that way. You know, he seems like a sweet and genuine guy, who who doesn't want to, you know exert power in that kind of way but clearly he's capable of it and it comes out you know and it's coming out more frequently now his his julian style leanings and um that's not a good thing and i hope he stops being so corrupt because at some point i feel like Teresa doesn't love that part of him she's never had to see it i don't think but if she does i feel like maybe she would fall out of love because that is not the man she loves. She loves a sweet, gentle, kind, funny, caring man. She does not love a Julian-type man. She does not love 
someone who uses their power and undue influence to get everything that they want, uses their money to get their way, to use their name to overpower others. That's not what she's looking for out of him. And um, I hope that, I'm curious how that's going to go. Like if he's going to continue to be that way even more so, or if he's going to step back and realize what he's doing is wrong. But he doesn't hate his dad either. Aside from the fact that he knows that he cheats, he does not hate his dad, his quote dad, his fake dad. Um, so I'm not sure. Maybe he thinks that's just the way it is, that yes, because I am a crane, I do have power, and I should use that power. I don't know. But it's interesting. Something's going on there. Oh, I remembered now what the angel said to Charity. Said something about Sam's son. And Charity's like, Noah? Um, and the angel doesn't respond really either way. But we know Sam's son that she's talking about is Ethan. Hello. So once again, yes. You know nothing. You know nothing, Grace. But that's fine. So that's kind of how we end things where Charity is menacing Tabitha and Timmy. And Ethan has lied yet again because he's supposed to be thinking he's got to marry Gwen. Teresa's still in love. No shit. Sheridan and Luis are probably going to reveal or talk to each other deeply at some point about her nightmare. Um, unless it eventually ends up that she can't tell him for some reason. Um, Eve? Really not a lot of Eve so much. Um, more Whitney and Simone going on. Um, where they're, you know, fighting with Chad or fighting for Chad. Um, Kay, really nothing on Miguel front. She's just kind of helping Simone at this point. Um, so yeah, things are things are moving. Miguel again. Also, Miguel hasn't really done anything except for almost die. Um, I don't remember if this was in the series, but there was just something very funny. Maybe it was in the last episode before um, that I already covered. But there was just a funny moment where... No, I, this would have already happened, but where... That when Miguel gets pushed over because he's picking mushrooms. Yeah, that was funny. I already talked about that. Anyway, just remember that again. Yes. So, even though there was potential for a lot of things to be revealed, potentially Ethan to tell the truth, potentially Chad to tell the truth, uh, for those two truths never came to fruition. Sheridan revealing her nightmares has not yet come to fruition. Um, so, and those are kind of like pivotal moments going on. Nothing has happened. We've just got them dragged on longer and longer. Um, which I guess is fine because what can you do when you got to pump out like an episode a day? Either way, uh, this was a fun batch of episodes. Clearly I had enough to say about it. Um, and I'm very curious to see where we go from here. I'm curious if um, the angel speaking about evil means that another huge event is about to unfold. Like, for example, I think the last huge event was the prom boat thing, right? That's probably the first huge event, in my opinion. I don't consider Charity going to the hospital a big event. I, mm, I guess uh, Grace's sister dying was a big event in a fire. I guess that was a big event. That would be a big event. But the prom boat was bigger than that because that was like so many more people were involved. Um, I don't think they can continue. I don't think they can continue to increase in that kind of scope. <laughs> but uh, I thought that was fun. I guess the next thing would be all of harmony is menaced in some way by like a natural disaster so that'd be fun to see i have many questions and no answers so 
it has offered these episodes. And, um, you know, we'll be back in two weeks with another series of episodes. So thank you for listening.